Welcome to Tech Talk Nation, talking about the latest tech, industry news, and hot topics. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit our website at techtalknation.com. Good evening and welcome to Tech Talk Nation. I'm your host, Matt Fitzgerald, and we have a wonderful show for you tonight. We got a lot going on in the tech world today, and this week is going to be nuts for a lot of reasons. Uh, so without further ado, let's get right into it. Uh, I am joined by two regular contributors on the show, two great guys. We got Matt Grislow and Ryan Eastman with us today. How are you guys doing? Doing well, Fitz. Ready to talk about tech. Spectacular. I, I appreciated the enunciation on the S there. I, I, I really appreciate that. So, uh, Grizzlo, before we started, you, you wanted to say a couple things about uh, all of our social media. Yeah, so we finally have it set up. Um, hopefully, it's, it's good to go. Um, for those of you who didn't hear last week, we have uh, social media platforms, or we social media uh, accounts on three major platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, so go follow us on Facebook at Tech Talk Nation Show, on Instagram at Tech Talk Nation, and on Twitter at Tech Talk Nations. That's nation uh, at the end with an S. And then also, uh, we do stream live here on YouTube. Uh, we're trying to get a more uh, usual, uh, more set schedule. Um, but we're posting on our, our Instagram uh, page on our on our story about when we're going live. So so look there. Um, but we do post the uh, the show on other uh, other streaming services: Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Stitcher, anywhere anywhere you can get your podcast, any major platforms. So if you don't catch a show live, you absolutely can uh, at a later time on those other uh, platforms. So go check us out there and go follow us on our social media where we're going to be posting some more, um, some bios about us, our, our, us three co-hosts, um, and just some more content. We're thinking of uh, doing some things on our story, so uh, don't forget about us uh, when we're not live, and uh, look for more content. Be ready for more stuff from us. Wonderful, wonderful. Well. We're going to uh, start off pretty quickly today uh, with some tech news that we have. Um, we're kind of starting, I, I guess you could call it a new section, uh, but kind of like follow-ups. Um, all the stuff that we talked about on the last show, we're going to kind of recap a little bit of what's changed in that and kind of quickly go through some of the stuff that we want to uh, talk about regarding um, some of the stuff that we covered last week. So the first update that we have from the show last week is Tim Cook confirming employees returning to Apple Park is pushed out to at least October. And we mentioned this one because last week he was uh, all in uh, his tushy in, or his tushy in a knot with uh, doing like ADA accommodation. That was really bad. But uh, anyway, so... It's a weird turn of phrase, but all right. I, I, try, I tried to say like three things at once and none of them worked. So uh, wel welcome to live podcasting here, I guess. <laughs> so that was really interesting to see. Um, our next article, and we kind, of, we kind of mentioned this a little bit in a couple of our previous shows here. Um, Walmart just trying to become a tech company for some reason. Um, they're trying to license all of their, uh, technology out to different people and see kind of what's going on with that. Uh, not a ton, uh, has gone on more than we, we covered, but there was this really cool article on Quartz here. That's more of like an 
more opinion based uh, that kind of goes into the details of like, hey, are they really going to survive? But the biggest point that I wanted to make, and I'm not sure if anybody else wanted to uh, talk about any of that stuff, too, was just kind of like Apple trying or excuse me, Walmart trying to be Amazon. And uh, we're, we're going to keep seeing that, I think. So Who knows? I mean, I, I don't really shop at Walmart much. Uh, and they're just a small big box store, I guess, right? Um, I think it's interesting oh. to see some sort of pseudo competition with with Amazon. Um, it's I've the never heard it. anyone describe Walmart as small. I compare comparatively to um, you know like Amazon. Fair, I guess. Okay, sure. They've already dipped their toes in this before, though. They do have their own brand of, I believe, laptops and desktops. Right. Yep. Walmart? And yeah. tech, just technology in general, I believe. I like think their laptops are surprisingly respectable, too. Really? Crazy. Hmm. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I know it's either their laptops or their desktops are surprisingly respectable. I, I can say I don't know. I don't One know of that. them is. I can't remember which right now. <laughs> for sure. We'll, we'll talk about that on a future episode, definitely. Alrighty, uh, our next update we have for you here is the MagSafe battery pack. Uh, somebody did a teardown about that and confirms dual cell design, and in traditional Apple fashion, it is terrible to repair. Um, not sure if there's anything else that really needs to be said on that, but uh, um, yeah, we talked about that on last show, and uh, they're using two like little battery cells, basically. Um, so, interesting. Yeah, most people have the uh, policy, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Apple has the policy, uh, if it is broke, don't bother trying to fix it. Well, let's hope things don't break, because our uh, last update is Apple demolishes their earnings expectations, but their stock falls after warning about the supply uh, shortage on chips. And this is, once again, the the chip shortage that we're seeing over and over and recurring in the tech world today. Um, yes, Apple stocks um, dipped, and this is actually one of the first times that they're actually admitting that there may potentially be a problem uh, with their supply chain. So um, we will definitely keep our eye on that as we go through the stories and go through life in the world of tech. Speaking of life in the world of tech today, uh, there was a pretty cool thing that happened last week. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard about it, but uh, there's this big thing called the Olympics uh, that are going on right now. And Never heard of it. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, but anyway, uh, in Tokyo this year, they had a their opening ceremonies had an 1800 drone light show, which is absolutely insane. I think that is so cool and. I, I don't know. I mean, I just think drone shows are so cool. I've never seen one in person, but I really want to. Is there footage on that uh, site there? Uh, let me see if I could find it. There's there's a a little okay. bit of like a like a video here from Twitter. Let me see. Yeah, this is showing like. Um, that is wild. Yeah. I let's thought I see. saw a picture floating around online. Yeah, and then it goes into the world. Here, let's see if and it, it it should. Yeah, there we go. Oh my god. Here, gosh. let's go back here. Yeah, so it like shimmers out and then it goes into like the world. Yeah, here. That is so cool. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. You know what? This isn't the first time that we're seeing like drone shows though. I believe it was what? 
this year's Super Bowl, the last year's Super Bowl, where they did, um, I think it was Lady Gaga that performed. Um, I don't remember who it was performed, but they had a big uh, display, light show uh, with drones, and it was all choreographed and everything. It might have been this year's uh, Super Bowl. Um, so this isn't the first time that's being done, but I guarantee you this is like the biggest implementation of that, and the most ornate and intricate uh, version of, of that type of show. So I think it's pretty neat, and I'd like to see more of it because uh, they can clearly pull it off. Um, so I'd like to see it, see it more. Well, yeah, it's super cool and just the, the software and the planning that has to go into something like that I can only imagine because uh, there's there's the meme that uh, I, I don't know if a lot of people have seen it but there's a meme going around for a lot of computer programmers where uh, there's I, Ryan knows what I'm talking about he no knows. I don't but I'm looking oh, forward really? to it okay uh, <laughs> let me let me see if I can find it real quick this was completely out of left field here uh, while you're trying to find that, I just think I had an interesting point. I think it's actually sort of interesting that uh, we're seeing this kind of push for more of these light shows with, with drones. Um, it really easily replaces the need for like staged and very heavily choreographed uh, dances um, and does a better job of it only because drones won't fail. You, you program them and they'll uh, run as long as nothing, uh, as long as nothing terribly happens. Uh, you know, one person, it's not like one person, you know, misses a step and it's a big joke or whatever, left shark, right shark uh, meme from the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, machines and robots have less error um, just by nature of them being machines and robots. Um, well so I think programmed. Point about, about this sort of show. Well, well programmed machines and robots don't have errors. There's the, there's the kicker. But anyway, I, I found the meme. Oh, I found fair. this meme, and I just think it is so funny. Thanks to Imger, Imger. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not sure how to pronounce it, but I'm either made a fool of myself on live YouTube here or whatever. Uh, but anyway, I the same way. this is one of my, one of my favorite memes. I think it's so funny. It says they use coding and algorithms so the drones don't crash into each other, and then somebody wrote some code at the bottom: "If going to crash into <laughs> each other, don't." Oh uh, yeah, people have been doing this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just think it's it's funny. So uh, there's there's your your two cents of comedy here on a good old Tech Talk Nation. But yeah, it's it's definitely cool to see um, what's going on with all of these these drones and how this technology is going to become more prevalent in the future. Um, I saw a video of in China they've made like a QR code that you could scan out of drones, and I thought that was pretty cool. And then <laughs> I yeah, and then I saw another video of a boat that had a LCD monitor on the side uh, going up and down the coastlines on all the beaches. And hmm. I'm like, hmm, are we going a little too far yeah. here? But we'll see. We'll see. I, I just I don't like want to... I don't want to walk outside and see an ad for, like, Pepsi or Big Corporation in the sky made out of drones. What? Well, I mean, the alternative is you fly a biplane or a small plane with a big banner on the back, right? Yeah. How different is that? Fair. Yeah. I don't know about the whole, like, replacing dancers thing. It's, I think it's more for replacing fireworks, because, I don't know, there's the human element of dancers, which kind of makes it a... It's impressive because it's people doing it, not robots, essentially. I don't know. If they make robots do dancing, that might be more interesting. We'll see. <laughs> we will see indeed. I mean, I just like two minutes. A quick tangent. I mean, they, didn't they have like some robot shooting free throws in the Olympics? 
Yeah, I was oh. I was gonna cover I was actually going to cover that uh, in next week's podcast, but ah, Japan is well, there's a little this, foreshadowing. There's a little foreshadowing, uh, but Sprinkle this foreshadow. exactly this this entire Olympics it has so much robotics in it. It is so cool. Like the mascot for the Olympics is ro- a robot that that free throw robot, like all sorts of like stuff in the Olympic Village and things like that that are that's automated. Um, so I'm gonna kind of go into that in a little bit next show. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll go over some of that stuff, but, um, we have a lot to talk about here still today. So the, the next article that we have for you is about, uh, Ryan, you actually sent this one in high end gaming PCs are banned in six U S states based on an energy bill. So I'm not sure if you want to take this one or you want me to go into it a little bit. But I mean, I can get the bones of it out there. Okay, uh, I'm I'm just gonna let you let you go because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. To really strip, yeah, I'm just gonna roll to strip it down to like the absolute bare essentials. Uh, this is specifically refer- referring to an Alienware PC. Uh, Thank you. High end for- models. Uh, essentially, the six states revise their energy bills, and in it, they say they don't like high end gaming computers. Essentially, so. If your gaming computer takes up too much energy, they're banned, more or less. Right. Yeah. And then I don't, let me see. Yeah. If you go down to the ES calculation, you can see uh, all the parameters they use to classify a gaming computer that has too much energy. Right. Uh, yeah. That's the bones of it. It mostly just applies to this one uh, Alienware, but I'm sure there's a bunch of other computers that would apply to it as well. Right. And I'm, I'm not sure how I feel on that. I understand why you wouldn't want these gaming computers that are like so high energy and use a ton of energy. But to put that into perspective, I literally have a server rack right here full of full of servers that yeah. use a lot of energy. It's, so. it's I think, incredibly stupid. <laughs> For starters, you can literally get around it by getting a P.O. box in the closest state and then just carrying the computer into the state. It doesn't, I don't think it does what it's designed to do. I think what it's designed to do is kind of stupid. Like, is this computer really burning more energy than, you know, the dude sitting over there watching TV or who leaves their TV on for their dog? It's like, really, this computer is the issue? Good yeah, I, I, I think I, it's stupid. I, I agree with you. I think they're kind of mincing kind of they were worried over small small potatoes. Uh, there's there's bigger uh, energy wasting appliances that, that people have um, in, in their homes. I really don't think this is the the big sticking point that we really need to tackle um, in terms of energy efficiency and, and making everything green and things like that. I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't even think it's the state's place to tackle. Like, let the actual individuals care. Well, and more or less, I mean no no amount of da- gaming computers that you don't sell to that state is going to put a dent in anything that's happening in like say china where they're still building brand new coal plants to this day i guess the one thing i can think of or, or another point that, that i'd like to make is i mean they're worried about gaming pcs what about companies and just businesses that just use electricity like it's nothing is that oh, yeah. totally different than some you know joe schmo running his gaming pc like are you really going to categorize them differently and if so why 
I mean, one, yeah. one is commercial, one is residential, fine, I'll give you that. Um, but even still, I mean, you could have a, a huge uh, landscaping, uh, lighting architecture for your home. You could have all kinds of um, big energy user using appliances, again, at, at your home. I don't really understand why they're singling out this specific uh, electronic item. I oh. I see two things wrong here. Number one, wouldn't wouldn't it be better to instead of prevent somebody from owning the device, prevent them from just leaving it on all the time? Because think about it, you may only be gaming for a couple hours. Is do you really need the computer on for the rest of the time unless you're running? like a server out of it or something like that but also what about the people who the people are going to be stuck with the the high electricity bills anyway so like if, if they buy this computer they're going to put the money into electricity to power said computer they know what they're getting into in my opinion the one thing i can think of um is a is a decent reason and decent in this sense i would say is very loose um, as to why these states are banning these types of computers um, is that they don't believe or they know that their electrical grid and infrastructure can't take that. Um, which I would be really concerned if, if that's the case because you're telling me that six states can't handle, you know, people having gaming PCs at their homes. Um, I'd be much more worried if something much more catastrophic happened where they weren't able to handle the load um, on their yeah. on their grids. I mean, the only one I think you could justifiably argue that for might be Hawaii because it's islands. Although California's grids sure. are already pressed beyond the way because it's California. Is Hawaii one of those states? Yeah, yes. Hawaii is one of the states. Then that is understandable. Why? Yeah, Hawaii's the only one I'll give credit to just because they're you know, energy infrastructure is probably rougher to run than anyone else's, but I, I think it's honestly just a bunch of meaningless grandstanding, them trying to be like, oh, we're so hard on, you know, all this electricity usage when really they're just trying to gain points with people. Yeah. And regardless of anything else, they one of the things they literally like classify it by is expandability score calculation. And what that signals to me is that like, if you buy a high-end motherboard that you're going to be able to use for three generations, you're going to get punished for it. So they're basically asking you to create more e-waste rather than buy mm. something high quality now. Good point. That's a fair point. Doesn't seem like this policy was really well thought out. <laughs> well, welcome to well government. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Well, speaking Nothing of... Nothing scarier than the phrase, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> Thank you for that uh, tidbit, Ryan. Appreciate it. Sorry. Uh, anyway, in talking about energy infrastructure, uh, our next article that we have here uh, is about Elon Musk and how he's explaining how non-Tesla EV owners are going to be able to use the supercharger network and basically how they're going to plan out that and all of this stuff. Um, basically, what they want to do is they want to open up their supercharger network, which is a big network of uh, electric car chargers to people who don't own Teslas. Um, a lot of people aren't really fond of the idea because um, they have, uh, there's a lot of wait times and more, some of the more popular uh, chargers, charging stations. And people are kind of concerned that it's going to just kind of 
shoot them in the foot in a way it's going to make it make the problem worse so um yeah i i'm not sure um what i would do if i owned a tesla i'm not sure about you guys what what's your thoughts is tesla making money from this um, from their own superchargers i'm sure they are yeah well, they don't make it for their own. They make it for their own cars. I'm pretty sure it's usually free if you're out of state. I don't. I think they ended that. I'm not sure. Oh, do I'm they? I'm not quite sure how the logistics work. Well, my guess, my question. Go ahead. Yeah, no. My question would be if they're making money off other people using their supercharger stations. Well, they're now able to probably build more. So you will have to have an account with Tesla. I think you, there is like a nominal fee you'll have to pay um, if you're a non-Tesla user or, or EV owner. Um, and then you'll use an adapter and just say, I'm gonna pay for as much electricity as I need. Um, it says, that makes sense to me though. Here, there's a, uh, Elon Musk said, we're thinking about a real simple thing where you just download the Tesla app, go to a supercharger, indicate which stall you're in, plug in your car, even if it's not a Tesla and you just access the app to tell, turn the stall on, I'm in for how much electricity and that should work at almost any manufacturer's car. So mm. it'll be yeah, cool. I like that. I guess um, I, I definitely agree with the, the Tesla owners. It sort of cheapens their experience and definitely puts more of a strain on their ability to charge their cars quicker. Um, as you said in the article, or as you said, and as the article says, um, that we they already currently face uh, some wait times. Um, I think I think more than anything else, um, because Elon Musk has, and, and this is something I think we talked about last week, or I talked about last week, um, because Elon Musk is so big on, or maybe this is a conversation with you, Fitz, the other day. Uh, I think it was uh, because Elon Musk is so into uh, advancing the EV community and really just wants to elevate this segment of cars. Um, to the next level and, and put them on par with the gas guzzling uh, cars out there. I think that he should be working more with the other car manufacturers and there could be some sort of car alliance or charging alliance to create some not only industry standard um, sort of station or, or like a shared station, uh, but, but also just helping uh, push out that technology and, and sharing that if he hasn't already to encourage and help the other car manufacturers to create more of these superchargers so that you don't have to go to just the Tesla superchargers. You can go to any supercharger because they're all uh, compatible with your vehicles. Right, right. And in, in chat is actually uh, blowing up right now. Um, somebody asked, they should make non-Tesla owners pay a premium over Tesla owners. That way it gives incentive to purchase a Tesla. I completely agree with that. Well, I'm. I don't know. I don't know if they revoked the policy or not. I thought the way it used to work anyway was, if you're taking your Tesla out of your local area, you can use their network for free. Hmm. I I thought I thought it was the reverse. I thought you could use the, the local ones for free and the rest of them cost. But I I know they they, they had some policy around that. Let's. While you're I looking while up. you're looking that one up, another yeah, question. Are you I not think... at all concerned about the recharge time if you were on a road trip or something along those lines? So I think it's always I think it's always if you're taking an electric car on a road trip. You're already not taking the ideal route, probably. Yeah, I mean, I think you're always concerned about that. Um, you got to be on top of charging your vehicle, right? Um, and you got to plan your trip accordingly. In fact, the the Teslas have 
uh, abilities to route your uh, destination or route your, your, your trip based off of the superchargers. Um, and maybe a feature that they could include in other cars is, is that same sort of routing feature where it'll auto map all the Tesla uh, superchargers. But yeah, I think it's a valid point. And I think that's only, that is going to be a problem as long as uh, the longer, higher range uh, vehicles and, and electric vehicles, uh, as long as they remain more expensive. If, if those prices can go down, then I don't think it's gonna be a, a, as much of an issue. And you'll see higher capacity and higher range uh, electric vehicles um, to, to kind of fix that. Um, I guess I don't really know off the top of my head how far, let's say, you know, from where we're from, Fitz, the northwest suburbs of, of uh, Chicago, to let's say Fort Lauderdale is off the top of my head. Um, but it's all about economics. You're supply and demand of electricity. Yeah. So um, in, yeah. in chat, somebody goes, Tesla owners pay to use a supercharger. The cost is just minimal compared to gas. So. There yeah. you go. It looks yeah. like they don't do that anymore. That might have been a thing that they did a while ago. Yeah, I thought that was like some, for their like initial rollout, like the first it, whatever. Honestly, it could be that could be from two or three years ago, and I might have just stored that in the back of my head. For sure. Well, we'll uh, see. On a somewhat hold on, quick tangent, just as I throw this out, oh there, boy, this is the next week thing. Well, this might just be a next week thing, but I think they were talking heavily about trying to transition over to. Uh, lithium iron batteries iron not ion lithium iron because it's a lot easier to acquire iron than nickel interesting um and that might have just been elon you know doing whatever wrong, he does i might be wrong but didn't uh he have a press conference like last october for battery day uh explaining his new technologies and new batteries he might have i know there was something that came was up in the last week or so that might have been I'm just, I just know in the last week or so he's been talking about it. I think if that's the case, they weren't broadly used in a lot of their vehicles, and I think they are being used um, in the Ed model. Don't quote me on that. Maybe. Um, but they're ramping up production of, of their new battery technology, um, which is much more uh, higher capacity, it's more efficient. Um, the manufacturing process is actually a lot more efficient. Um, if you really want to watch a, a really great video on their new batteries, go check it out on YouTube. Um, just look up like Tesla Battery Day 2020. Um, and I mean, he talks about it for 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Talks about everything, about how he's brought the cost down significantly. Um, it, it's like over 50% or something like that. It's, it's absurd um, what they're able to do with these new batteries. Wow. I don't know if that's specifically referencing the lithium iron battery or if that's how they've advanced lithium uh, nickel or what, what are they called? I think it's lithium nickel. It might be something else. Well, we will see. We will definitely see. Yeah, that might be a next week thing. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it. Ah, ah, uh, uh, they are using um, lithium nickel cobalt aluminum. Yeah. Not That's a lot of elements. Yes, the new, yeah, I, this week I think is when he started talking, of, or he probably has said this before, but like he's been hitting him with this week was about switching over to like a lithium iron based battery. For Just because, sure. you know, iron's mm. not hard to find. Cool. Well, in other news about Tesla 2, uh, Tesla is reportedly going to be moving out of malls. 
They're uh, moving their dealerships kind of like out of malls and into more freestanding buildings. Uh, and once again, another blow to the mall market that we've seen. Uh, <laughs> malls, unfortunately, seem to be dying right now. Um, but this is another nail in the coffin uh, by Tesla. In my opinion, one of the coolest draws to, to a mall. Uh, deciding to not... Um, back so we'll, we'll see how that works um and kind of how um tesla's gonna like move away from that i mean i've seen freestanding tesla dealers now which is cool so um yeah i think i think in the article they said they're looking at renting out like parking lots um <laughs> which is which is kind of just funny you know a company of such you know big brand recognition uh, and, and stature is, is renting or ha is thinking about renting parking lots. Um, I, I just think it's pr pretty funny. Um, but they don't really have a big uh, physical store presence. There's one uh, not too far from me. I don't know if it's in Castleton or it is considered Carmel or Indianapolis. I think there's one back home in Schaumburg. But I don't really know if there's that many of them. And if there are, um, they're not always even full stores where they have cars. I believe a lot of them are like showrooms. Uh, so right. I'm not really sure if they're doing much for the customer, like showing them the vehicle. Um, and to that end, if it's really not profitable for them and it doesn't make sense for them, and it doesn't make sense for a lot of uh, businesses right now to have physical stores, especially with um, the, the Delta variant of COVID ravaging uh, the world, uh, not just the United States. Um, you know, Tim Cook's pushing for more, you know, uh, work from home till October. Um, we're seeing Tesla depart from, from their stores. And uh, it, it just makes sense, at least right now. Um, and if it doesn't make sense for them in the future, then they'll continue to do what they're gonna do. I don't think it's going to change uh, anyone's minds about whether or not they're going to buy a Tesla. Because for the longest time, they didn't really have stores. Right. Yeah, mall's a dead industry anyway. And it'd be like the Tesla's equivalent of like Google's pop-up shops, you know? In a way, yeah, definitely. And we will see how that works out. Uh, the next story that we have for you, I think, is super cool. So this is a story about a new processor that's promising over three to 15 times faster server storage and me being a server nerd i just geek out over stuff like this i think it is so cool long story short what this technology does is this is using a um fpgas and asics kind of similar to what people are using for like bitcoin miners kind of uh to basically automate storage faster than what's currently on the market and offload a lot of the file operations from the actual processor of the computer to this card instead. And I think that is so cool. And I know, Ryan, you think that, like, being a computer engineer, like, I'm sure that's that's pretty cool tech. And Grizzly oh, yeah, absolutely super happy about it. <laughs> I mean, just to, what do you call it, demystify it a little bit, all ASIC means is application-specific integrated circuit. So functionally, what they did was instead of having their CPUs be like, oh, hey, you are also a memory controller, they said, no, we're going to custom build this. 
and it'll speed it up to Lord knows what degree. 10x probably is, I think, in the range they gave. Right. And the cool thing, too, is it's actually fits a normal a normal slot in a computer like it's you don't have to have any special slot for it you don't have to do anything it fits into a standard pci slot within a computer and with it's it's also low profile which means that it can work in a lot of those servers where you have 42 of them in a rack like you you can fit all these cards in those servers and still have the same density which is even better for a lot of the enterprise market which they're really looking to target so, yeah, I'm yeah. curious if this trickles down to uh, consumer, if it's just mostly for server because you do have such large raid arrays. Right, right. And what a raid array is for people who don't really know is basically it's a um, an array full of disks that uh, all are basically connected together to seem like one really, really, really big disk, but the data is stored across all of them. So. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, and there's usually stuff inside there that you don't, so that you don't lose your data and whatnot. Right, like fault tolerance and things like that. So, like if a disk breaks, you're you're okay. So. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's really neat to see this sort of uh, performance upgrade and such significant performance upgrade, uh, and well deserved for this server uh, community that's going to serve. Um, no pun intended there, I guess. Uh, Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah, definitely. And um, it's one of those things where I definitely want to uh, believe it when I see it. So um, once they can yeah. give me really good benchmarks, I think that's going to be awesome. Although to tie this into uh, a last week topic, Microsoft uh, delivering Windows over the Internet. I mean, this is yeah. a big boost to that, along with every other like streaming company for games and whatnot. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And they say they have uh, quotes from Intel and NVIDIA for uh, kind of like some of their, their technology that they want to uh, have a look at. So we'll see. I think it's super those, cool. They're, those are the right customers you want. Exactly. Exactly. All righty. Well, the next story we have for you is about Boeing and Boeing's Starliner capsule uh, ready to do a do-over. And I know you were really excited uh, about this one, Grizzlow. Um, but I, I, you, you told me it was today, but it seems like it was Friday or something. Yeah, yeah, I misspoke. I, I definitely thought it was sooner rather than later. Um, but sooner rather than later um, may not be the case for Boeing. They've been waiting on this for quite some time here. Um, this is their second attempt uh, at this, this test. Um, they shot a capsule up two years ago and had some really bad failures uh, in the software, in the communications. It had to be sent back to Earth uh, two days earlier, I believe, than it was supposed to. It wasn't able to dock with the ISS. Um, Boeing's capsule really dropped the ball there, and they really went back to the drawing board to try and uh, figure out how to fix it. and. Uh, what's something like 410 million dollars later and two years later uh, they're looking to try it again they're trying to send it up to space send it to dock the ISS with no people I don't even believe there's cargo on it and then 10 days later um, undock and come back to Earth um, this that that failure I think really sort of accelerated uh, SpaceX's prominence 
um, and, and really made them more a more serious competitor uh, in NASA's eyes. And so I really think this is an opportunity for Boeing to um, kind of rewrite uh, their wrongs last two years and prove to NASA that they really can be a trusted partner and that their technology really works. An interesting take on that. Yeah, Boeing's been having a rough decade or so. Yeah. Between, what was it, Malaysia, Malaysia again. The uh, Max the 30, Yeah, the Max problems, dude. Oh. Well, an interesting point is that during the time of the last launch, they were right in the middle of the uh, 737 uh, Air Max or oh. Max uh, airline or airplane uh, issues. So it was kind of in a bad time. And then also came out or there were investigations uh, of like hundreds of millions of dollars in contracts of fraud. Um, and so, yeah, they've had a pretty rough time in the yeah. last five or six years, uh, to put it lightly, uh, as you said, Ryan. And so this, this a successful uh, mission, uh, both launch on Friday and then return mission uh, 10 days later, a week and a half or whatever later, uh, is very much needed uh, for, for Boeing. Right, definitely. And, and especially coming off the heels of Blue Origin and uh, Virgin Galactic with their successful uh, flights. Granted, they are very different. Um, they're, they're, they're commercial uh, flights um, for people like you and I, not astronauts. But Jeff Bezos didn't blow up so we don't get to settle that argument. <laughs> but that being said, two billionaires uh, were able to accomplish uh, this feat in their first try or at least first first main crews and in some other tests and in Boeing's um, almost quite literally blew up in their face or blew up in space. Um, right. So they need this badly. Definitely. I, I agree with that. And I think that it's it's good to have more people that can that can go to space, more people that are in that market because that competition will drive the prices down to get things to space. And I mean, you, you can't argue that SpaceX isn't the industry leader, right? The privatized leader right now in space, period. Um, and it's it's good to see some of these other companies actually doing more within this, this realm and just making sure that there's other people in the market here, which is, I, I think, the biggest, the biggest draw. Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing a stat the other day where space travel is the only thing from the 60s that hasn't been like cut by like a factor of 10 in price. That's fair. Just um, inflation, I, obviously, but. Yeah, and I think to jump off of what you were saying, it's about NASA. Um, in, in the article, it mentions there's a line that says NASA's moved from, from owning uh, their systems to being customers of these systems. Um, and so it's it's interesting to see how things change over time, um, not just here in, in this industry, but also, for example, um, a lot of subscription services, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, there, there are so many subscription services now that 10, 15 years ago, you would just pay to own the whatever you had, whether it be the music, whether it be your car, you know, leasing, um, being more popular. Um, I guess in a way, uh, NASA sort of in a subscription model uh, with their their other companies. So it's 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 interesting to see it in that light 
uh, considering in you know the history of, of the program, they were the people that owned their stuff. They were the, um, the commanding and, and owning bodies and entities. Um, right. So it's, it's really cool to see the switch. And, yeah, and, and to that point, it only makes it better. Competition uh, makes things better. I agree. Well, wish Boeing luck with this uh, this test. Uh, hopefully it all works out for them. And we will uh, probably give an update next week on uh, hopefully some very good results. But uh, we'll see. Hopefully, don't want that to end like 2019. Alrighty. Well, moving on. Uh, this is just kind of a quick article I wanted to kind of share. Um, right now, iOS and Android's activations are now split evenly in the U.S., according to new research by the Consumer Research Intelligence Partner. Thank you to Mac Rumors for this article. Down here, you can see their chart. Uh, long story short, we've seen the amount of iOS um, activations increase uh, over time within um, the last couple years. So kind of crazy to see. And um, I don't know if that's just because of Apple developing better software or Android OS becoming more tracky. I, I don't know. Uh, it, it Take that as you will. So, I mean, I have theories, but <laughs> fair. Go for it, or we're just gonna keep this one quick. I mean, if you, if you want to go for it, go for I'll it. Go for it. it a little bit, just because I'm. I mean, I've been on Android basically the entire lifetime of me owning a smartphone. So, I mean, over the last I don't know five years, seven years or so, there's been a lot of consolidation in the Android market. Uh, previously, you know huge like giant names you'd see like i mean htc is gone lg is gone sony's sony's become so like weirdly specific there's a very small number of people who buy their phones so you're left with just a staggeringly small amount now of companies who i mean they're the companies who usually kind of were a little boring in a lot of ways because you're left with your like Samsungs, Motorola for like the low end, uh, some OnePlus, but even their market share is quite small. So right. like a lot of the interesting companies now are gone who would like innovate and you know set these new trends, and they've kind of disappeared because I don't know. I guess they're not able to sell phones. So you're left yeah, with see. Samsung, which even a lot of Android people take issues with some of their software right yeah well, i mean oh fitz oh go ahead you you can go i was i mean i would just talk about the flip side of things um you, you look at that chart it's past what five six years um over that course of time uh with apple and ios they focused more on services um they've really focused more on this ios apple ecosystem releasing products like the HomePod, HomePod Mini, um, AirPods, um, AirTags, to name a few. And so I don't know if that's a big push. I wouldn't say that the software improvements have been so great that they've really brought people over from Android or, or, or if it was more of some hardware changes in their products, uh, their existing products that people like so much that they bought one year and they're keeping them longer um, instead of, you know, 
trotting them out and going back or whatever um, and you're seeing more of like a, a slow kind of a adoption because of hardware I wouldn't say it's specifically because of, of software but yeah the one thing I can think of is that over the past years they've, they've really upped their game with services and it, it feeds into this Apple iOS ecosystem um, that even I can't really refute it is um, a point that I can't refute is that uh, it really when you're in it and when you increase the size of your own personal personally owned Apple ecosystem it's very hard to exit everything is made and integrated very tightly the airpods they connect to your phone as soon as you open up the case um, with the home pod it's seamless integration um, again with the Apple watch and, and that's not even a new product um, and they're even increasing the other services that they're providing with, with the VPN and, and Apple one and um, their fitness thing um, so we'll see it, it's hard to pinpoint where and why um, but my guess would be that their ecosystem is getting I guess more enticing um, which is can which is a little surprising um, considering some of the products are pretty limited in capabilities at least initially for example the airpods um, they, they weren't noise canceling at first, they didn't have this spatial audio um, that came in a later generation. Um, it's, it's just interesting to see this. Uh, and what I'm looking for um, is how this impacts and, and what will impact that chart and next year's uh, findings. Because this year and last year it looks like the splits plateaued in a 50-50 split with Apple having the momentum. Right. But who knows sure. what's going to change that, if something will change that. I mean, you probably did hit upon the point, it's the ecosystem. Once it gets one tendril into you, it tries to get the next and the next and the next. Well, this is actually a really good transition to our next story. Uh, speaking, well, kind of, actually. Uh, speaking about the Apple ecosystem here, uh, it says... Apple says, don't buy AirTag replacement batteries that have a bitter coating. So uh, Duracell actually released a new battery that has a, a CR2032 battery that has a bitter coating on it. Uh, so if a, a child or somebody tries to eat it, uh, they, it, they like physically cannot swallow it. It's so bitter. Um, and Apple is saying that this coating uh, is now messing with the way that the AirTag connects with the battery. Um, so, interesting, in my opinion. So I'm curious right. as to why. I'd have to look at, I guess, maybe wherever their coding is, is specifically where Intervals contacts are. I've, I've seen a lot of really, really weird ways those little tiny batteries fit into things. Like, in some cases, it's almost, like, around the side, or there's, little like, a little nub that it sits on. Like yeah. it, it, you, you can't predict like where the actual contact is going to be because the entire side of the battery is the, the pole of the battery. So one thing I'll never understand, and maybe not till I have my own kids. I didn't when I was younger. I still don't. And again, I might not want until I have my own kids. Is why are kids eating batteries? I didn't do that when I was a kid. I guess I'm still a kid. I'm 23, whatever. You know how many but... adults I've seen like a nine volt? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I have swallowed a magnet before, but that was because I was trying to see if it would still be like magnetized on the other side of my cheek. 
and it was one of those like uh connects it was it was a sphere it was a little ball and i accidentally swatted it and it was like a not great time so my parents were out of town or out for like a date night and they came back and the babysitter had to tell my mom that i swallowed a magnet so we had to go to the er and whatever but <laughs> uh, that aside that was a stupid thing that i did and i chose to do that and i knew what i was doing i don't understand how kids are accidentally eating batteries. I didn't give it as a kid. My cousins didn't do that. My brothers didn't do that. I didn't personally know anyone that did it. My biggest question is, are they making toys different now where it's like way easier or just even devices now where it's way easier to get batteries out? And to that end, why are people leaving these products around where you can easily remove the battery enclosure and let these kids eat these batteries? And why aren't we teaching kids not to eat batteries? Well, well very young kids will just put things in their mouths just to like do yeah, that though. Because they're the curious. Thing. Yeah. Because you're still you're thinking of like kids who are like they can think already. Even There's still. Kids, even no, still in the pre though, in the pre thinking stage, kids just put things in if your kid's not old enough to make and you're you're worried your kid or there's a worry your kid's gonna eat a battery to me that's bad parenting matt how do you tell someone who can't speak not to eat a battery Just that's the problem not to go to a certain area in the house or whatever or you know don't don't look at some of the they wrong don't way. No, they just, don't have it's not that hard to tell a kid and to teach a kid you're and also, like just you okay just as you matt. would not eat like a firearm near a child who wouldn't know better why are you keeping or why are these people keeping um to the point where now it, it, it's a warning label and they have coatings on batteries for this why are you keeping toys where it's very easy to take out the battery and to that end why aren't manufacturers taking this into account i mean to be i think fair, smaller to be, batteries have become be more common than they used to be though because it used to be double a's and triple a's always and now you have these coin batteries that you didn't always have before that's fair that's fair because that's i mean like that's what i grew up on having these little you know like rc cars or whatever and, and they had you know double a triple a's in some yeah. cases those like mondo huge batteries or the, the diesel, diesel battery. Yeah. oh yeah yeah or the lantern oh batteries oh my god do you guys yeah. do you guys i don't know if like this was a thing in your house but i remember we always had a ton for no, like no good reason um, when we got older, but when we were younger, I felt like they were never around enough. You always needed them. Um, but yeah, like yeah, I understand air tags are not made Listen. to be to be childproof because they're not meant. The use case is not for a child. At the same time, like I don't know, the, the, it's the parents need to keep these things out of kids, you know, reach. It, <laughs> Someone help me with the word real quick. What's the word for when you can't see an object, you think it doesn't exist? Object permanence. Object permanence, thank you. How do you communicate to a kid who lacks object permanence not to eat a battery if he finds it? That's the problem, is really, really young kids just put things in their mouth because that's how they interact with the world. Okay, then keep those things, those- Oh yeah, no, no, no. Those... Listen, like, parents should be keeping those out of the reach children. The battery out of reach of the kids. People when make mistakes. People are stupid. Whatever. Well, it's pretty easy to, to put an air tag up on a on a shelf. Before we spend another forty minutes on <laughs> Grizzlo ranting about batteries, you know wait, some. Wait, wait, wait. 
Wait, wait, wait. I do want to, I want to add one more thing, and it has nothing to do with what I'm saying. I just wanted to uh, mention a comment, and that, a comment that's part of the article, um, this, this specific article. It's, I think, the first one, or at least the most recent one. It's, uh, it's by this user, VelocityG4, and he said, oh, it's got 26 votes. It says, uh, I only get strawberry and sour cherry flavored batteries from my kids. Are those okay to use in air tags? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, That's it. I'm done. On that note, uh, you know what else kids like? Kids really, really like listening to music. And you can bring its spatial audio to Android now with Apple Music. Uh, so, yeah, long story short, Apple is uh, going to is uh, bringing their spatial audio and lossless streaming to Android. Uh, very, very happy Android people. Um with lossless audio, so bringing the Apple Music to another market. Um, it's always, it's existed for a while on Android, it's just never been lossless, which is really cool, and they're doing that to keep up with Spotify that just did that. Um, so, we'll Was see. Was Spotify doing lossless now? I, re I thought we talked about Was this a story we covered already? And I, just... I, I think yeah. we did, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. might have just blanked out on it. No worries. I, um, I think it just makes sense. It just makes sense, right? Apple Music's available on other platforms, just as Spotify is, and why wouldn't they want to compete? Um, not only with Spotify, but the other streaming platforms. I think Tidal might also. Tidal and Deezer, Tidal and Tidal and Deezer, are also like, I think either lossless or at least Flack. And yeah. I think Flack might be lossless if I'm. Yeah. Well, I got my codex correct in my head, but. Either way, it just makes sense from a business standpoint. Why would you only yeah. limit these nice features on the iOS devices when this service is available for not just iOS users? And to that end, like I was saying earlier about the services. Yeah, like you were saying, get, get your no, you get your tendrils in, and then you pull them over to the Apple platform. That's the goal. Right. I don't think Apple Music would pull people over to iOS. And I'm saying that just because, at least personally. I prefer Spotify. I think it's better. Um, I just like it more. I don't think a streaming service they offer is going to pull people to uh, Apple's hardware, but I do think it'll pull them over to their services. And they're pushing their services hard, um, yeah. and they have been for the past three or four years, and they've only increased the amount of services um, that they've been having available yeah. um, over the past few years. And so it makes sense for them to uh, make their services better and more uh we'll see compatible yeah. with other uh with other but that's better. just apple music they have other services as well if they start letting android people play with apple watches a little bit more i think well well they, the apple it does a good job of pulling people over slow pulling people over slowly just inch by inch yeah there you go I don't think the goal is to bring them over, at least in these instances, to the hardware. Just like I said, because they've been pushing their their, their streaming services and, and their their services in general. They've made that a big portion of their keynotes. Um, I think even in that uh, the, their cost breakdown or their, their financial meetings um, that they just had recently that we talked about earlier, um, they talk about their services, the big portion of their revenue. Um, and they want to keep that revenue yeah. high and they want to push the ceiling even higher. So again, it just makes sense. But, but I don't you think into that's going to bring people over to the Apple Watch um, specifically, I no, suppose. No, 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 not flat out. No, I'm bringing up the Apple Watch in the sense that if they let Android users have more functionality with it than they do right now, 
all of a sudden now they can kind of start inching you over. Right. Well, I, I can see what you're saying in the... I'm not saying full. I'm saying more than what there is right now. Well, I, I think it, there, there is some credence to your point just because there's a big push um, to make the Apple Watch more of a standalone product. Because right now yeah. it's still pretty much tied to the iPhone, but it seems like year over year they're getting more independent. Um, as soon as they started selling the cellular version of it, people got excited. As soon as you could start downloading music like on Spotify and other applications, people were getting really excited. Um, they really need to push for it to be a more standalone product and to work well with other um, other devices, other non-Apple devices. I, I, maybe in that regard I can see it happening, um, but I don't think they're going to get people to get the Apple Watch specifically because their services are so good. I think they'll no, do no, it no, just no. I'm because... I'm just throwing that out there as like a random idea, more or less. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, I personally think they should make the Apple Watch um, a standalone product so that it can more uh, easily compete with um, some of those other competitors. Samsung's, uh, what do they call that? The, uh, oh, the, the Galaxy Watch or something like that? Yeah, there's a name for it. Is the, is the Wear? Galaxy Wear or something. Yes. It came out I think with you're the thinking of the Android gear? Wear. The, the gear, I think? And I don't know what it's called, yeah. Why they have their own custom, like, Tizen, I think is what it's called in the OS on that. Okay. By the way, I think they can improve it, and, um... But yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it's probably just good business for them to tie you into as many of their services as possible. Exactly. Fair. Exactly. And they do have a like lot of time for that, too. Fitness, yeah. Apple Music. Um. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I know that just having Apple Music wouldn't convert me per se, but uh, who knows? Maybe it does for some people, and that's why they do it. Or more money, because it's Apple. So, uh, moving on, so anyway. Speaking of a lot of money, um, <laughs> Steve Jobs... Signed application auction starts with original document versus NFT. Um, and the TLDR on this, the original uh, document sold for $343,000. And uh, about the uh, NFT sold for $27,497. So, yeah, it's basically the same thing. Physical and digital. Um, they took a really nice picture of it. And this is um, uh, Steve Jobs' job application. I forget to where, though. Um, it's probably probably somewhere in here. This uh, handwritten job application. Um, How much were they sold for? It was at the top of the article. Yeah, it sold for. No, I was I was not sure where it. Atari. Uh, may have been Atari. It said after. I see the word Atari, Atari up there. Oh, I'm sorry. Where he worked with Squazniak. So that's probably Atari. Says, a year later, he joined Atari. The questionnaire is believed to have been completed around the time he dropped out of Reed, Reed College in Portland. Oh. Huh. Wow. Crazy. But anyway, that sold for a lot of money. What? 343 Yeah, $343,000. And the other the nft sold for twenty seven thousand dollars so you own a picture for twenty seven thousand dollars and somebody else has the original thing for three hundred thousand dollars okay so yeah i again I, i'm more of a when when it comes to collectibles like this um i don't really have uh 
a strong opinion when it comes to a exclusively digital collectible. Uh, I don't really understand it. I don't really get it. Um, I think I've said this as a lot of us have on this podcast. I'm a very you know physical touch, gotta have it type in, in my hands person. Um, so just to have a, a picture of it, especially knowing that someone actually owns the physical version of it, kind of cheapens the uh, the NFT for me. It's still cool, yeah, but definitely. It kind of cheapens it for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if it was like even, I don't know, you'd have to have basically like the ability to make a hologram out of it that detailed of a scan to satisfy me for that. I think I've said. <laughs> I, mean, I think I've made my obsession clear too on this. I like it for like collectible like game pieces more or less, like you know trading card games and whatnot. I think it works really well then because then you can limit the supply of a card in like uh, an economy and stuff or a card economy. Right. And then also as like a proof of ownership for these things, I think is cool. But exactly, exactly. I don't know. It's weird to me for like a job application. Right, and I mean not even like producing a job application, a picture of somebody else's job application. Yeah. And it's not granted, even it's app. a famous... It's not even... Well, he's found an Apple, so I guess he can't apply there, but... Right. Well, we'll see. I mean, another story that I actually have for today is Coca-Cola is auctioning its first ever NFT collectibles on International Friendship Day. Um, but there's kind of a twist to this. Uh, all the proceeds will be donated to Special Olympics, which is super cool. And uh, there's a couple of things here. Uh, there's like a friendship box, a Coca-Cola bubble jacket wearable, um, a sound visualizer, and a friendship card. Um, and it's kind of packaged almost like loot boxes. Um, and it's auctioned as a single lot. Uh, so interesting. I, I that that's just kind of like a like an aside per se, um, but I don't know. Another company getting into NFTs that I didn't think would get into NFTs. So uh, nice. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. It just it's just interesting to see more of these companies embrace this new form of collectibles um, and way of distributing uh, collectibles. So right. Um, Again, it's the digitization, exclusive digitization of some of these NFTs that don't have a physical um, token or a physical representation that kind of just kill it for me when it comes to those. Um, but it's cool that more, uh, you know, big, bigger uh, companies are embracing this. Definitely. I don't get it. I don't know why you want to own something from Coke. I don't know. But There's also, people who do. I don't see the appeal. Special Olympics. So that's really cool. Yeah. Sure, yeah. I, I agree with it for the charity value. So Man. good for them. I don't know. Is it all going to charity? Is it really? Good. <laughs> they said the, the proceeds. So proceeds are. Uh, what does the proceeds mean after yes. they've taken their like skim off the top? Like what's going on here? Yeah, the, the 40,000 contractors they hired to uh, produce the NFT. Yeah, set this up the in consulting. the first place. Like, yeah. Who knows? Well, one of the things in the lot, I believe, is it's a jacket, and it's you're able to have it in some sort of I don't know if it's uh, can uh, be worn in the Decentraland yeah. 3D virtual reality platform. Yeah. So I don't know what that it, is. It's almost like you're you're paying for this this digital loot crate or whatever, and then one of the items is also like a, a digital skin, kind of like in in uh, Minecraft or not Minecraft in uh, Fortnite. You're thinking of Fortnite. Yeah. You, you can see how much I game. 
Um, Let's I, not go down the <laughs> Fortnite path. I don't need to anger a lot of people. <laughs> um, there you go. But, I don't think there's much other than that in the value, but Let me go get my I walker guess we'll see, see how much this thing guy. goes for. Because well, we'll if there's one thing that the NFT market's kind of proven, it's that no matter what the NFT is of, there is someone who will pay some pretty nice coin for it. Right. Yeah, it's definitely, it really reinforces the notion that like, when it comes to an economy, value is subjective. Definitely. But this, this is, is true. a show about economics. <laughs> there you go. As much as I try and make it one. <laughs> there you go. Well, before we get to our last article today, uh, Grizzlo, you wanted to start kind of a, a new segment, I guess. Um, and you, you had something that, that you wanted to share. Yeah, so um, just kind of riffing off this this kind of idea, you know, here meme tweets all the time, meme tweets, whatever. I thought it'd be really funny to talk about some meme tweets. That's M-E-M-E tweets. Uh, tweets that are from some like tech CEOs or people that are in, you know, the industry and they just kind of throw something on Twitter that's just either silly, kind of hilarious or uh, out of left field. Um, and so I thought we would start it today. Um, Fitz, you can pull it up. It's, today's one's from Elon Musk. And uh, yeah, it's got nothing to really do with technology much, maybe gaming, but it's just kind of off the wall. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. Yeah, it's just, NPC, you're just time. back here, Nightfall, me, go side questing for five days. NPC, when I finally show up, hey, you're just in time. You know, about a big meme about how you know, NPCs are just kind of useless and <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do in the game they're always just going to be the same and they're just silly so right I genuinely can't imagine Elon sitting down and playing a video game like <laughs> I can't even just racing so much I can't even conceptualize him doing that I feel like it's more like he just like powers down in like a corner like a robot just got turned off <laughs> I see that more of uh Thing that uh, Mark Zuckerberg would do. No, no, he goes down to his desk and takes care of his lizard eggs. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that too. He could be a robot lizard, right? Yeah. He's, he's, he's not human. We know that for sure. He's not human. Oh, yeah. is not human. Well, anyway, speaking. Oh, there's your meme tweet. There's We're your all meme agreed. tweet. Well, the last story that we have for you today, um, you may be wondering what the title of this episode is about. And pitching signals instead of like mixed signals here um and grislo actually sent in this this really cool article here and this is i think one of the coolest things that um we're probably going to to talk about i know ryan ryan saw this article beforehand Ooh. so he know he's we're we're about to to get into it here a little bit i guess but long story short the mlb is testing an electronic device for catchers to give signals to pitchers via bone conduction, which is absolutely crazy. It's just like a bunch of, a bunch of like uh, buttons here and uh, a device called Pitchcom that lets the catcher communicate uh, pitch signs to the uh, pitcher. So interesting. Yeah, this is really cool. Uh, at least from a technology standpoint, you've got the. Uh transmitters in what is it the transmitters in um the catcher catcher's hand and then there's receivers in the catcher's helmet and then in the sweatband of the pitcher 
uh, and yeah, it uses bone conduction, uh, which is really wild um, to use that technology. It's being used in miners right now. Um, but you know, talking about this in, in using this uh, practically in the MLB, um, I, I think it is, it can be practical, and I think it is practical. Um, you know, it, sign stealing has been done for years. Um, it's not a secret people do it. Um, however, the way that people do it is a problem. Um, the biggest scandal, I think, in the last decade, if not few decades, um, was the 2018 Astros cheating scandal. For those of uh, you who don't know what happened, um, at the Astros that season, the Houston Astros were a baseball team in, in Texas, and uh, they were stealing signs uh, in their home park. Uh, they had a camera out in, I believe it was center field, and it was pointed directly at the catcher um, to look at the catcher who was showing the pitcher, you know, his fingers and, and for trying to show him and, and communicate with him the pitches that he wanted to, uh, wanted the, the pitcher to throw. And uh, that camera was routed to a screen in the dugout where the coaching staff and the other players were, uh, and they would bang trash cans um, to signal to the batter uh, what pitch was coming his way, and so they were able to uh, sort of game the system uh, in an illegal way because you're not supposed to use technology to cheat. Uh, moreover, it was more of a problem because that year they ended up winning the World Series. Uh, and so it was a big scandal. Uh, players got a ton of flack because, and, and the commissioner did too, because uh, the players did not get punished, the coaches did. Um, and the players were big parts in it. Um, in, in but chat. this was a big problem because um, you know they were using technology to cheat, and so if there was a way to remove that um, that issue of being able to catch signs um, by using this new kind of uh, sleek and uh, secretive technology, um, you could eliminate that risk and eliminate that issue. Um, to that end, they also are putting limitations on the the. Uh, catcher, or I'm sorry, the batter having any sort of uh, interception technology. If there's a second device um, that's being used by the team, it has to be in the case the entire game. There's rules that they're writing um, and have in place to um, make sure there's no sort of like illegal interference um, because everyone knows if it's technology or has a, a power button, um, it can be hacked. Um, I think this is good for the game of baseball just because um, it's 2021. Let's, let's be honest here. Um, we're, we're using technology in all kinds of different ways um, and, and to kind of get rid of the uh, idea and, and the possibility of cheating in the way that the Houston Astros did, I think is very good. Um, baseball purists, I'm sure, will be unhappy um, going there from the, you know, the, the hand counting um, with, the, with the catcher. Um, baseball, I guess, traditionalists would have a problem with that. Baseball purists. Um, who just want you know, to see the game evolve, I think might like this. Um, but I'm happy to hear more of what you have to say, Ryan, because I really see this as a very good positive thing. Rob Manfred, the commissioner of the MLB, has a lot of uh, bad, made a lot of bad moves, made a lot of mistakes. Um, and I think this is a positive change in the MLB. But I'd like to hear what you have to say. Matt, you were going to read a comment before I... I was going to read a comment. Uh, one of our pop off. one of our buddies in chat uh, said one of the players had a wire under his shirt that buzzed him to let him know what what pitch was coming too. Like that that is nuts. And uh, 
that's that's crazy kind, kind of a similar uh as like uh bone conduction almost uh where it kind of buzzes a little bit but um interesting so i'm i'm going to i am going to pass it to you ryan you have the floor okay sure i'll should i start by credentials or something like that i mean you do whatever my you whole feel. family has played baseball for many many years i have probably watched somewhere on the magnitude of a thousand plus games of baseball just watching my brother play all the time or growing up in a house that watched baseball all the time and this makes me viscerally angry uh from the point of view of when i used to play baseball uh it to me it takes out the most or the one part of baseball that to me felt like truly like you can actually think through it is watching the other team's signs watching their sign to steal a base watching their sign to steal a bunt watching their signs for pitches and like when you finally break that code and like that inning all of a sudden your team has a lot more knowledge into what the other team's going to do it's like the one piece of baseball that's very like up top mental that you can like work through and break down and i i remember like even when i played baseball like when i was in i think it was like late middle school we like broke a team's like codes for this is what pitch is coming and like this is when they're going to steal a base or bunt and then that inning we just took them to task over it the whole time because we broke that code and the way obviously the way the astros are doing it, it's cheating and the way the commissioner handled it is wrong what he should have done is strip them of their world series find the team maybe into non-existence maybe ban them for a year like he should have the, the way that reaction was done is just wrong. He should have destroyed that team nearly over it. Because the way they did that is really, really just... That's not how it's meant to be done. You're not supposed to take cameras. Because most of the time, you can't even see the signs the catcher has. You have to have someone on second to even pick them up for the most part. And that's kind of the way that should be. Is You should have to have a player on second to even begin to pick apart the pieces. Then you also can watch you know, the other team's guy to pick up their signs for hey this means bunt this means steal a base and there's not even any talk of solving that with this anyway but the point is i think you're eliminating like the one part of baseball that is really like a thought problem more than like a reaction time and a lot of other things in an otherwise like pretty much reaction based sport because everything, I think everything else about baseball is how fast can you react to a pitch? How well can you place your pitch? Or like, can you out? Can you hit it to the right spot in an outfield? That's the only part that's truly, to me, played like in your head versus on the field. So, I guess one of my first kind of reactions to what you're saying about technology cheapening the sport. Um, I can give you one example of uh, a sport uh, that is very popular in the United States that hasn't always used technology to kind of call plays and stuff, and that's football. The quarterbacks in the NFL now, in their helmets, have earpieces where either the coach on the sidelines or the offensive coordinator, whoever it is, uh, is up in a booth in the stadium talking to the quarterback and giving him plays. Before these earpieces were in players' helmets, they did not have that. And to me, I think that's better uh, it creates a better line of communication uh, for the for the players and the coaches, and it sort of I don't know streamlines the process. Um, that's I don't think it cheapens, that's I don't think it cheapens that sport, and I don't think that it makes it any worse. 
um, to the point of stealing signs and, and, and specifically in, in baseball. Um, yeah, you, you're going to eliminate it for the uh, for pitching. However, this is exclusively, and this is only right now, and I can't imagine it being extended any further than just between the pitcher and the catcher. But this is only for the pitcher and the catcher. This is not for the, the coach in the. Uh, and that's precisely what makes it different than football. And in, in any any of the of the running the basers or geez wow basers in any of the people on the base any of the runners on base any, yes any of the runners in the base um, this technology is exclusively for that for for pitchers and catchers but that's and precisely so what makes mind, it different from football football is not a game about one person football is about a team working together to orchestrate a play and then within that play sometimes it's about chess moves almost like. You draw them in here so you can pull them out of place so someone can cut over and get a pass. That's one of the ideas about football. That's the mental aspect of football, is formulating these plays and then as a team executing them. Baseball is a team game, but it's played very much at the individual level and not at the team level. And you kind of take a, and I don't think football relies as much on like, you weren't really stealing signs as much. That wasn't like a part of things that happened a lot because I mean, with how complex things get in football and how different ways you can variate a play, you can do a lot more. With baseball, you have X amount of pitches, and you can basically just give them, like, what kind of area. And even you can't you can't get that area right every time as a pitcher because there's just too much human error. Well, to your point of it doesn't, you know, you, you can't steal signs or whatever in football, That's that's right. However, a lot um, less common because teams, that's not so much the point. Have and it has been very publicly, especially when they are found in, in our college. Patriots um, fans. Yes, the Patriots fans. Nice to see you here. The Patriots. They were caught videoing um, for you know their own purposes or internal purposes for training TV, whatever. Um, videoing the other team's sidelines. They were that videotaping their practice as another form of cheating, just as you know, stealing signs with with technology in baseball. So to say it's not happening in other sports is not really true. No, but, no, no. What they were caught doing was videotaping their practices, in which they got to see them run their plays. Then they don't have any plays to surprise you with, and you can recognize patterns in how their plays execute. Yeah, but that I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with. It, it, I guess there's not a good. Um, I'm saying the one-to-one is different. A better one-to-one, in my opinion, is saying like, oh, why don't we give people faceless masks for poker? Because bluffing is one of the integral parts of poker and being able to like sneak those hand signs is one of the integral parts of baseball, I think. It's the one like mental aspect of the game. I, I just don't think that it's really going to cheapen the sport as much as it's going to improve it. Yes, you're not going to be able to steal signs anymore. And, and don't... Don't get me wrong here, and, and don't get this twisted. This is only being tested right now in the minors. There are plenty of things that get tested in the minor leagues um, in baseball that either don't make it up or um, stay there um, for, for a reason, um, or, or get, get thrown out altogether. Um, it's in testing, so we'll, we'll see how it works, and they're starting it on August 3rd, so next Tuesday, I think it is. Um, and, it, and only in a certain part portion of the uh, minors as well. It's in, like one of the um, conferences. Um, but like I said, I, I really don't think it cheapens it. Yeah, I understand. Like you can't steal signs anymore from from the pitcher, whatever. Um, but I think given the, <clears throat> the urgency to protect the sanctity of baseball, 
against technology, I think in some cases, and especially this one, you might need to use technology um, to, 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 to save the sanctity of baseball. Because if you can, if you're only going to, if you're going to be tipping signs off, um, or, or if another team's going to be, uh, you know, receiving uh, the pitch counts or the pitch, the pitches, excuse me. Like it's a one-sided game, right? Um, and again, it, it's not getting rid of trying to gamify the system or whatever. You can still do the same thing with um, the signs that the base coaches give to players for are they going to run, uh, like what they're going to do um, when they're on base, or, or to that end when they're at the plate, um, what they're telling them to do: bunt, you know, hit ground ball uh, in the middle of uh, between the first base and second baseman, you know, bloop it out in, in the outfield. Um, that, you don't really get told that. Really? All, usually it's still there. It's maintained. For this, on base, this, I think this move, I think, is just oh, steal or bunt. What? I think for like on base, it's usually just steal and bunt are like the big ones that you get signed. Sure. Um, my, I guess my point is they're using technology to prevent technology from really destroying the sanctity of the sport. So, okay, but at this, I mean, listen, we're gonna go in circles here, but it still, to me, it eliminates the only part of baseball to me that is like truly a mental game. And within that, you can also change your signs. That's something you do if you think the other team's catching on. But that's also part of the bluff is, did these people just make really, like, seven really good hits in a row and is my pitcher getting tired? Or did they break the code and we need to now mix up what our signs mean? Because that's something every team has, is a set of multiple signs. So I think, here's... I think if I can make one quick point, Fitz, I think the one thing that this actually can improve on, aside from keeping teams from stealing your pitches or, or nefarious actors or, or things that, that could take away from the sanctity of the sport, uh, like what the Astros did. Um, it's almost a sort of like, a, I don't know if I want to call it handicap like device, but what if you, the pitcher can't really see, you know, what the, the catcher's throwing up? A lot of the times the pitchers will paint their nails um, so that it's easier for, or the catchers will paint their nails so that the pitchers can more easily tell what they're throwing up. If they're throwing up a three, it's more, it's easier to show than a one with neon color uh, nails, right? Um, eliminating that sort of visual aspect um, kind of alleviates that uh, sort of strain on, on the pitchers, especially if they're, you know, uh, seeing challenged. Um, I, I think yeah. it's also sort of a good thing in, in that regard. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know a single pitcher who doesn't have 2020 vision. I mean... Hey, there's pitchers that wear glasses or, or rec specs. Sure, but that, you know, that rectifies their vision to 2020. So, yeah. So I have a couple points to make. Number one, well, two points, actually. Uh, in chat, one of our buddies says, I really like, or I like this Ryan guy. Uh, and then... He's right. Number two... Uh, the same friend of ours in chat also goes, it's not about stealing signs, it's making the competition easier. That cheapens the sport. We watch major, major league sports because these are supposed to be the elite of the elite. And I agree with that because in, if, if you're stealing signs from another team, uh, it takes that... I mean, I understand the mental value of trying to break the code, but at one of the... At, 
the same time, a good athlete is able to deal with any situation that may come up. Um, I'm not sure if breaking the code is making it easier. I mean, yes, you're trying to mentally outgame the other team, um, but by keeping the codes a secret and keeping the signs a secret, you have a more level playing field, in my opinion. Right. Some other stuff that I actually I thought of too is hold on, hold on. The playing field starts level because they can break your code and you can break their code. The playing field's level. It's just if you do it better than them, you've eked an advantage for yourself out of just being better at this aspect of the sport. Sure, but in the case of you know nefariously stealing signs, then you have an unfair yeah. advantage. And as far as I'm concerned, he should have basically fined the Astros out of existence. Right, but I, I think they're in in a way you have to look at okay, how can we prevent this from happening again? Because that really was a the worst case scenario. Not only were they stealing signs at least a good part of the season, but they were stealing signs into the postseason where teams have come out in the postseason that played them in the postseason and said, Yeah, we heard these trash cans banging and so and also the World Series. And then they won the World Series. This is the worst case scenario of it happening. And I understand that like, you know, it's not always gonna happen that way. But because it did, I think they really, and he, Rob Manfred, really wants to tackle this issue and make sure that this doesn't happen again because he saw how badly um, people took that, and rightfully so. Um, and yes, he didn't deal with it properly. The players should have been fined. They should not have gotten... Every, um, as far as I'm concerned, the team should almost have been scrapped out of existence for that because that's just... I mean, fine, I, mean, I guess yeah. the Patriots are still around and Belichick's still allowed to coach, so, you know, <laughs> he's in good company, but... Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I just wanted to kind of bring it back a little bit to to the actual thing. Uh, I, I found a couple things <laughs> that I actually had a um, had a thought on. And number one, uh, where does this go? So it it if it looks like this this little like th this sleeve that goes on on your your hand. And I'm trying to figure out where it would go. If it, if it would go on the catching glove, you have it like this the entire time you're, you're catching. And you would have the codes. And I honestly, I'm not sure. I feel like the other hand doesn't have a glove on. So you'd have that just kind of where you'd normally put your signs. And yeah, the have, other hand doesn't have a glove on. So yeah. You have to throw the ball with it. And you'd have the, uh, the thing strapped to your wrist. But what if you get a really wacky pass and you just start hitting buttons whenever you, when you move your hand, like you, you hit it up against a pad or something and you just start pressing buttons and the pitcher's like, what the <laughs> heck? Like, what am I Burning supposed, input. what am I doing? Like, uh, no, 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 no. The pitcher knows when to expect him because it's the windup starts. Fair, fair. I mean, <laughs> I just would find it funny, like. It's it would be funny to see him spazzing a little bit if a catcher yeah, catches just, something wrong. Right, just like, what? And uh, the other thing, too, that I, I just kind of find um, interesting is what's the protocol that they're using to communicate between the um, between the actual catcher and the pitcher? Because it's a one-way transmission here. All they say yeah. is encrypted communication channel in this article. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you can encrypt everything. You can, you can really encrypt everything. How strong is that encryption? Like, what are you doing? Like, that's how, probably how AS128. Yeah, but then, then again, there's a compute cost of having that on board on this, this thing with the battery, the lifespan of it, and it looks pretty relatively simplistic to use. It's only like a little, looks like a little PCB, and it yeah. just sends. Well, they make uh, 
I, they make custom chips that literally their only purpose is AES encryption. Good point. Mm. So I imagine it's some kind of custom chip for that that'll just do it as quick as possible for as low energy as possible. Good point. Yeah, I mean. But at the same time, right. it might have. No, no, no. no. Actually, never mind. The and... point I was about to make is wrong. <laughs> nice. Anyway, my, my final point on this is technology is used in sports. Um, it's used in sports for good or bad things. Like, think about if we would be playing American football today without any form of pads or helmet or anything like that. People, like, you'd have fatalities each game just with the amount of internal damage and strength that people have to cause concussions, terrible spinal in injuries, and other, other things. Um, that is a factor that improves the livability and safety of the, the sport as a whole. Um, something like this, while a little bit accessory to the like headsets that would allow coaches to communicate with players or something like that, is, in my opinion, not an integral part of the game. Yes, your 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 pitcher and your catcher can can put signs and whatever. I don't think it's like integral to the actual gameplay of the game like yes it's 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 helpful to have so some another team can't break your your code but like you kind of mentioned ryan that's part of the game i would rather have teams not break each other's code but i don't think it's it's the right way i want them to that's to me that's to me baseball is a very like reaction time and like physical repeatability game there's to me very little mental there's not many plays there's not many of like this that or this it's not like football you have a play where you can try and draw people in you can fake them out basketball you run plays where you have picks and whatnot to try and get people off you and get in uh i'm sure there's plays in soccer too really not my sport don't know anything about it for the most part to me it's you're taking out the one part of baseball that is mental that is that like engaging the left side of your brain instead of just animal reaction time Good point. and you're taking out that one little nugget that's in there and i just i keep going back to poker as my comparison if someone breaks the code in poker and they pick out your tick for when you're bluffing well i mean they played the game better than you and they got rewarded for it interesting we have we have two comments here first one safety doesn't sell Good point. Uh, and number two from our buddy Alex. Thank you for showing up, Alex. Uh, what technology would you add to rugby? And that's a really good question. I, I f don't fully understand the sport of rugby. First person slow-mo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, from, from what it's, from my very limited exposure, um, it is a very physical sport. It is arguably yes. much worse than football in a number of ways i think it's the um, only sport a football player can look at and go nah i'm good yeah and i mean ideally if if you would say you would consider technology uh safety equipment i would probably add at least some form of padding or a helmet of sorts uh to the game even if it's not very like re well researched or something just something to prevent head injuries or concussions or something like that um, in terms of, of communication or coaching, I'm not super sure on how the game works, so I'm, I wouldn't be um, super sure on that. 
So uh, another comment we got, as Grizzlo said, Manfred is practically public enemy number one if he allows technology into a dying sport when he needs to focus on restoring the charisma of baseball and or the charisma baseball used to have. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I he think still should have just. Go ahead. I mean, I think we both agree he should have gone to town on the Astros. Yeah, he dropped the ball. He really he did. Should have gone scorched earth on him, in my opinion. But I still don't think, I think... that this is a, a viable this this isn't a viable solution to to that problem, in my opinion. I just think it's a, a quick fix to prevent something like that from happening. I think the really the bigger problem should be the regulation and the the the. Um, the standardization of how you run a baseball franchise, not necessarily the um, like the, the equipment you need to do said said thing. Just making sure that there's no shady backdoor dealings going on in a franchise, and that would restore the. the I mean, that's entirely in house. True. The best you can do for that one, I think, honestly, is just brutalize them punish wise. Well, punish I mean, wise. But at the same time, what if? let's say tomorrow i invent a new steroid uh it doesn't show up on the current line of steroid tests and then i do it as a team well we just won a world series that way too and if you're not going to find the players or anything they have no incentive to stop i i suppose another way to do this and, and to discourage um nefarious activities uh within teams to try and steal signs or, or whatnot would be along the lines of what they're doing with pitching right now um, they've had rules for the longest time about, you know, not having foreign, certain foreign substances or foreign substances all um, with the pitchers. And so now this season they started cracking down on, um, you know, the substances on pitchers and doing uh, oh, yeah. mid, mid-inning uh, so, inspections. So in the same vein, maybe you have some sort of to put weekly, uh, the MLB uh, ha- has some sort of inspector that goes around to the fields, to the parks and inspects some way to try and see if they can find any sort of, you know, cameras or foreign, you know, electronics that aren't supposed to be there um, to prevent it from happening. It's the only other thing I can think of uh, to try and prevent uh, teams from doing things they shouldn't do and, and trying to skirt the rules. Yeah, and having an official in the dugout wouldn't hurt either. For sure. Well, I don't know. I, 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 just, I just want to, I don't know. I can zoom out on that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I almost s- want to zoom out to the point where you go, uh, oh man, there's a name of an old, oh, what's the name of that song? It's like, is it progress if a cannibal uses a fork is the name of a Sykes, this weird old song. And the point I think it's going for there is like, just because like you can theoretically make progress on it and make this technology better, doesn't mean it's actually good or helpful. Like if for the social media is the example I think of putting technology into that part of our life has decimated a lot of interactions people have with other people and it's made a lot of people's lives objectively worse and that's kind of that's my zoom out of that it's like maybe you think you're fixing this issue with it or maybe you're taking something like good away from a sport who knows that being said though the it's just a zoom back into the MLB though uh, I don't think this is affecting the viewer experience as much that's more of a like player experience good point right well anyway I think we've uh, talked about this a fair bit 
and uh, we had a really good discussion on on this this technology and technology and sports. Um, hopefully, we're going to be bringing more discussion around the way technology and um, and life kind of like integrates with our life. Um, so hopefully, um, you had a good time listening to us today. Um, I'm not sure if anybody else has anything to add before we end, but. Uh, if we don't, um, I'm going to close it out for today. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for another episode of Tech Talk Nation. Um, tune in next week sometime. Uh, we're still trying to get our, our day that we're going to broadcast down. Uh, but we're all free around uh, maybe a little earlier, but around this time of the day. And uh, it works out well for us. So uh, we're going to kind of try and uh, be a little more active and uh, get a better podcast rolling so thank you uh for coming along in this journey with us i uh, hope you tune in next week and uh hope you have a wonderful week thank you so much everybody all righty everyone thank you for listening to tech talk nation tune in next week for more discussion on the latest in tech